Hello and welcome to Grow Like a Pro, the special spooky, off-the-cuff, off-topic episode. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Oh my God, I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bankers, and as you heard with I'm me before, we got good old Jason Flagel. How long have you been practicing that one for? Uh, five seconds. Oh man, that's that's dedication right there, gentlemen. It's pretty good. As oh you can God. tell, I practiced a lot. Definitely. We were playing with the effects earlier. We might have to bring some of these in later. <laughs> Speaking in hallways and large halls, it's it's glorious. Oh my God. So today we're just going to be. It's, it's it's kind of a little off off the cuff off topic mm-hmm. episode just kind of in celebration of halloween we thought we'd come in and just do something a little fun just to talk about our history of halloween you know maybe favorite scary movies random stuff and just just do a little fun episode every once in a while so just yep. to kind of put in some extra fun into grow like a pro for sure <laughs> so as you um well, you can't see us because we don't have video yet, but I was about to say you can't really see us. We are dressed up in costumes today because we are having our right. Halloween party. For and sure. I have my lovely Gryffindor robe on with Albus Dumbledore's wand. The Elder Wand. Yes, as someone called the Elder Wand, and I, it's glorious. I went to uh, Harry Potter World in Universal last year, and I saw this robe. and That's so cool. I... It was I want to go there. Oh, it looks so awesome. It is amazing. I mean, it's like if you if you love Harry Potter, you got to go see it because they really do recreate the magic of it. And I think one of the best That's parts, cool. you know, they pipe in the music from the movies in it, so you like feel like you're a part of the, a part of the show and everything. Now, do they have the like the, the whole castle? What part? What part of the castle did they like recreate? So in, the uh, so Harry the Potter first World? the first part that they created, I think maybe a few years ago, was Hogsmeade, like the you know the little yeah, town yeah. where the like, students go during winter break or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then in the distance, you could see like a little model of Hogwarts. And it's, hmm. I mean, it's a decent sized castle, but it's not like a, and you know, like uh, Cinderella's castle at Disney World yeah, or anything. Yeah. Um, but there is a ride in there that's one of the best rides I've ever been on, actually. It's one of those ones where it's half ride, half experience, where you're, you're strapped into one of those chairs and they lift you up and tilt you down and blast air in your face as you're flying and you go through Quidditch and the halls of Hogwarts and stuff. That's cool. It's, it's amazing. That's <laughs> it was awesome. really cool. And, well, I've seen like, documentaries on it and I, I mean it just looks like an amazing experience yeah it is and they added um i think last year or two years ago they added Diagon Alley, and there's the you can take the hogwarts express from one park to the other because obviously they're in two parks one's in islands of adventure and one's at universal studios whatever oh, the two okay. parks are so yeah, yeah. of course if you want to see both parks you got to get two mm-hmm. tickets <laughs> That's right. but but you do get to ride the train and have you know have the whole experience and stuff which is pretty cool and i just couldn't get on hogwarts express without getting a robe so i'm sorry i don't know what you want what do you want from me (laughs) see i've been i went to universal uh probably nine or ten years ago yeah um but we didn't go to islands of adventure and at that time at that time they didn't even have the harry potter world there were you know there was not definitely not as much um i think of the attractions that they have now so it would be very different if i <laughs> if i go back today definitely so. definitely but yeah it's uh I, I i just it's one of those experiences where you walk in and you kind of have an expectation of what you're going to feel but when you walk through these hallways that you've imagined and, and dreamt of in your brain mm-hmm. and stuff there's it's it's very surreal <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's very surreal i i loved it well that's what it feels like 
when you're a kid going to Disney World. Oh, yeah, for sure. You watch all those uh-huh, movies. Exactly. And, you know, the TV shows, and then you go into the Disney World, and you're like, what? These people are real. This is what is going on. <laughs> oh, my God. My I, dreams come true. I took true. Katie, my wife, there for the first time ever. She had never been there. This last trip you just went? It on? was. No, it was oh, a gotcha. year. So a year ago. Oh, okay. Got um, it, got from it. the last time that uh, I went uh, recently. But, yeah, she had never been there. So oh, we man. went to Magic Kingdom. We went to um, Epcot. Um, and then we went to uh, downtown Disney, now Disney Springs. So, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. But she's like it. I'm sure I would have liked it more if I if I were little. <laughs> <So> <laughs> she's like, as an adult, it's you know kind of loses the magic. But um, I I loved it. It's just I'm not a huge crowd kind of person. Oh yeah, so. yeah. It gets it gets pretty crazy. Have yes. you done the? Have you done? Did you ever go at nighttime like Disney after hours or anything like that? No. So no, I've watched like YouTube videos of people doing. Oh it my god! Though. So talk about magical moments. And um, I, I know this is supposed to be the spooky show. <laughs> We're talking about magical happy moments. <laughs> we'll get there soon, guys. Stay tuned. But um, the magic of Disney. Um, I went with my mom. I think two or three years ago. We went around Christmas time mm-hmm. and. They have, you know, the whole they do the whole Christmas stuff, all this fun things. But they have a th- an option where you can buy an extra ticket to go after hours, where you have mm-hmm. to have a specific ticket to actually go there. Because I think the park was open till maybe six or seven, and then the after hours were from like eight to twelve or something. Yeah, yeah. And so you can go, and it's a lot less crowded because you know a lot of kids have to go to bed, and certain things happen. But mm-hmm. it was the most amazing thing because we were, my mom and I were walking through, doing all the stuff, and we were walking back towards you know City Hall and the whole Central, and it started snowing, like they started piping in snow, and with all the That's stuff crazy. going on, I I almost fainted. I was like, <laughs> this is literally the magical moment that I've been waiting for my entire life. That's crazy. <laughs> well, when oh we were God. there, you gotta um, try it. I think it was. It was like November first, so the day after Halloween. Yeah. Um, and they had they as soon as the, like Halloween is over, they start putting up the Christmas decorations. Oh, gotcha, so we gotcha. were watching, you know, a whole bunch of their crews um, basically uh, put up all the the Halloween, not Halloween, the <laughs> Christmas <laughs> decorations. So all the trees, all that kind of stuff, and they were playing Christmas music too throughout the whole park. So. Oh man. Uh, and I'm sure it would have made all those people that don't listen to Christmas music until after Halloween <laughs> happy. So I, so I think Christmas music is always fine. It always just puts you in a good mood. I don't yeah. know. I, love I it. started listening like two weeks ago. So. <laughs> good man. Good man. Good man. Oh my and today's God. just now Halloween. So. <laughs> that is true. It is so crazy that it's already Halloween. I was like thinking that, that this year is just flying by. Oh, yeah. But That's right. Anyway, speaking of Halloween, what are you dressed as, my my wonderful co-host well i'm a cowboy um kid rock cowboy baby (laughs) (laughs) now with the release um of red dead redemption 2 oh baby and in honor of red dead redemption 1 i'm saying that i'm john marston so (laughs) very nice (laughs) oh my god he's like my his voice too is just oh in in terms of like video game or like even a voice in uh, movies or TV, it, his voice is like my, one of my favorites. And so. wasn't he like some no-name person that they got to yeah. voice and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, some of his. Uh, well, you can you can learn his um, his life story on YouTube. I think if you just search like John Marston voice actor or something, it'll come up. But yeah, he so he had a girlfriend um, that was living in LA, and she was auditioning um, for different parts, trying to get in TV shows or movies. And he was at an event with her, kind of, you know, helping to support her. Well, long story short, 
a <laughs> one of the guys producers as part of Rockstar's team that was looking for voice actors at the time uh, just overheard this John Marston voice actor talking to someone else. And he's like, whoa, I need to go talk to this guy and see what's going wow. on. And th- so this guy I, he works on a farm, I think, in Indiana. <laughs> like he, he, That's the part he grew that, up at a farm, like doing like normal things that you would expect John Marston in real life to be doing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, long story short, he ended up joining the team. Um, they couldn't tell him what the project was for until he like agreed to a non-disclosure, a non-disclosure agreement. Um, and then, you know, read a little bit of the script and that kind of thing. And, uh, as they, as they say, the rest is history. So. Talk about right place, right time. My <laughs> God. Right. I mean, one it, of the most successful games of all time. Oh yeah. Well, it's, so it's interesting. So for those of you who don't know what Red Dead Redemption is, it's, it's basically a game about the death of the wild, wild West, if you want to put it, where mm-hmm. it takes place, you know, the turn of the century, um, the second one took place in the early 1900s and the second one takes place in 1899 and it follows these, these, you know, these cowboys that are kind of butting up against the rise of civilization and the modern world, as it were, mm-hmm. where the, the life of gangs and running through the streets with no laws have been are not tolerated anymore. So mm-hmm. it's a very interesting tale of, you know, betrayal and, um, you know, gangs and family and life and all this kind of stuff and how to survive in a changing climate. Um, mm-hmm. What's fascinating is so they came out with the, you know, release stats or launch stats for Red Dead Redemption 2, which launched on October 26th and through I think the first weekend or the first few days it sold through 725 million copies <laughs> of, of, of you know units wow. and the only it's the second biggest uh, um, I think entertainment launch in history wow. and it, you know what it's behind Grand Theft Auto 5 which is oh, also by Rockstar <laughs> so they only lost to themselves I can't believe that yeah. I kind of expected it to be bigger than Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, well, it's huh. it's, it's crazy. I mean, Grand Theft Auto. It's it's interesting because you know Grand Theft Auto is a little more, I think, in a sense, easier to grasp because you know you got modern cars and planes and kind of it's mm-hmm. it's a little more understand. Where Red Dead's a little slower paced game. I mean, you got you got you got the beautiful expanse of the untamed America, as I like to call it, and mm-hmm. horses and kind of stuff. But it's uh it's definitely doing well. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play the game, but I've uh, I know you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've played maybe 2 or 3 hours of it so far. That's awesome. It's a very methodical, deliberate game where they're really trying to bring you into the world and I really am getting that kind of, you know, Westworld vibe, mm-hmm. you know, the HBO show where it feels like I really am living this character because, I mean, mm. you got to do every little thing. You got to make sure to take a bath and to shave yourself. And oh, wow. I mean, when you're going and searching through for items, you, have, you actually open up the cabinets and grab each item and you have to kind of keep track of relationships with your mm. gang members and stuff. So it's I, I love that style of game. and it's, it's really drawing me into the world and the game is gorgeous. And yeah, it's I'm loving it That's so far. Like really in depth. I mean, very experiential kind of focused. Game. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Wow, that's awesome. And you know, it's it's interesting because you know the, the it kind of brings up an interesting conversation because I don't know if you've been following the news that's been following Rockstar, Mm-mm. but um, the co-founder of Rockstar Games, who yeah, like, like I said, has been doing Grand Theft Auto games forever. Um, he was speaking to some outlet and he was talking about you know the development of Rockstar Games and how. Um, that their team had worked hundred hour weeks. Oh wow! And so the the outlet that was doing this interview didn't really follow up. So that was all that was kind of delivered. There was mm-hmm. no follow up and everything. So everyone started freaking out. Like yeah. hundred hour weeks? What? Like, what are you talking about? So they clarified um, 
he clarified and said it was only his writing team. It was only, you know, the three or four guys who were on the writing team where they had to finish the script and wanted to do it. And they're all very invested. They're high up in the place. We, we don't, we don't condone that stuff. We're not, we don't make it mandatory to do these things, but there's been a lot of reports and people speaking up Mm -hmm. um, after that, because there's actually been a long rumor of, um, you know, it's called crunch where you want to hit the deadline because you set a date and you want to hit it. But these games are, there's so many things that go into them, animation and art and gameplay and story and marketing and this, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Managing the actors. All yeah, the man, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, these, these teams have thousands of people on them working all over the world, different studios. I mean, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And there's been a big debate in the, you know, development industry and even beyond this industry about crunch time. And mm-hmm. I mean, when actually when the original Red Dead launched in 2011 or 2010, I think it was, they, there, there was this thing released called the wives letter that they call where all these wives and I think some husbands too of rock star employees mm-hmm. wrote saying we, we, we never see our loved ones like this has taken over their lives. It's not a way to live. And there's been a lot of rumors about it, but it's, it kind of brings up the question about crunch and development mm-hmm. because what, what I think is, what I think is fascinating is, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, is there's one thing to say to come out, you know, publicly and say we don't support this. We we believe in work life balance. We want to do all these things, but if you see your boss or your manager, or your team members working till eleven, twelve, one, two, three in the morning, and you go home, there's like that little bit of social pressure where if you're not doing it, you may feel you're not a part of the team, or there may be that kind of you know peer pressure type thing where it just you know you're not you're not part of the team because you're not putting in as many hours and. There's that whole culture of sometimes people are like, oh my god, I worked this many hours this week. Oh yeah, well I worked this many hours this yeah. week. So it's, I think it's a really weird culture that I, I mm-hmm. think goes way beyond video games. But it's the yeah. talk of crunch itself. But it's just, it's funny that this this conversation just started right with the launch of a game that's been in development for five or six years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I'm always a proponent of um, work smarter, not harder. Right. And I, you know, my past, some of my past experiences has been in. Very, you know, very recognizable um, retail fashion, retail brands, and um, a lot of the culture was the same. During crunch time, it was you were expected to come in early, stay late, and you know my marriage was suffering at uh, as a result, and I know other people were struggling with that as well. But what made me, I think, upset <laughs> was that people would be bragging on how much they worked, and I'm like, yeah. We should be bragging about how little we work. <laughs> yes, we did have, it well. <laughs> yeah, have a focus on delivering, um, you know, uh, delivering excellence and value to the people that we're serving. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters, not how much time is involved. Definitely. No, I think that's I think that's a really very important point to, mm-hmm. to bring up. And yeah, it's it's very interesting because you know it's one thing, especially if you're you know right out of college and you're trying to make your way and find yourself sometimes and you don't have those obligations, but once you start having a family and kids and puppies mm-hmm. and, and kitties and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> it's like you gotta, if, if you don't take the time to really focus on what you love, you, you'll probably lose things. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. it's all about sacrifice. You know, there's people that, you know, live for that. I mean, there's a lot of those rock star developers who came out and said, you know, this is what I signed up for. I knew what I was getting into and, yeah. and that's fine. It's just when you uh, get to that point where, it's a mandatory thing and you may lose your job. Like one of the reports that came out was that if, if one of these developers didn't make it till the time the game shipped, they weren't included in the credits of the oh, game. Wow. So even if they put in a lot of work, some of these people, 
No one will ever know because they wouldn't be in the credits. It's just, it's you crazy. know what I would do, Adam, if I were in that situation? What's that? I'd say, see ya. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> see ya later. But it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's well, life, life, you know, you only get one life right. to live. So why Supposedly. not? <laughs> That's a whole other TBD. topic that we could <laughs> talk about at another point. Um, but you only get one life to live. So, it, you know, I want to live it well. Right. And, you know, I was just talking with one of my mentors um, who, uh, he, he had a successful agency on the West Coast, worked with very, very well-known brands, um, multi-million dollar projects, uh, you know, for each of the projects he did. Uh, but he sold his company and now all he does is consulting. And he's like, you know, Jason, you need to be in a, a position where you're working smarter, not harder. And I think for some reason, a lot of the Western culture um, and even some of the Asian cultures have a, a desire to work a lot longer um, than what is actually necessary. Um, because I, I can't, if there's places, companies in Europe that, you know, have developed out a four, uh, four day work weeks. Oh yeah. Instead definitely. of the five day work right. weeks. And they they found that the productivity increased because the, um, the employees are able to spend more time with their family. They're able to have a better quality of life and they focus on since they only have uh, so much time on getting more done with the time that they have. And that's always been a f- big focus with me. So, you know, I was invited to a very large event, black tie event, uh, just the other night. And, you know, I had the choice of either spending time with my family and my, my new baby daughter celebrating my wife's birthday <laughs> or, <laughs> or going to that event. And I'm like, you know, I think all of us should remember that once, once we get to the point where we start sacrificing um, our family and our other priorities for our work, we need to reevaluate some things in our lives. And I, I think we should should never, you know, we should focus on first things first. So I, 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 as you were talking about that, Adam, that's where my mind went. Yeah, so. for sure. No, I, <laughs> I'm in complete agreement with you. And, and it also brings up the question too. It's, you know, we, we're every, when it comes down to it, we're people. I mean, obviously some people have different limits and different mm-hmm. ways to kind of handle things and focus and do stuff. But I mean, if you're working that many hours in a week, like how much of that, like you said, is actually real productive time? That's I mean, right. at, at a certain point, I mean, your brain's got to be mush. It's got to be like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're not giving everything you have because that's not how human mm-hmm. nature and bodies work, unfortunately. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Well, I, I can't remember the exact number, so don't quote me on it. But Quoting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think what like are we at? for a, an average employee, 40 hours a week, uh, 45 hours a week. Um, it, it was like 30 to 40% of that time was actually productive. <laughs> yeah. So like, are you are, like, are, I, I just don't understand. Like, so essentially you're trading your time, um, that could be spent, you know, with your family or doing something else that you're passionate about for going to work for someone else's dreams and vision, that kind of thing. So I, I, it, it just, that's, you know, <laughs> that's something I, I like, I, I have different, a different, uh, I guess, opinion or viewpoint on than I would say most people. So, yeah. uh, cause I'm in the camp that, you know, you should be, uh, you should have an opportunity where you can pursue your passion and that kind of thing and still deliver value to a great, a great organization that you're working with. So, um, you know, if you, if you're working at a place that, you know, doesn't recognize maybe the value that you have or, um, you know, doesn't give you the opportunity to grow. Uh, maybe it's time to f- find someplace else that does. You yeah. know? And I think that's one of the, Adam, the, one of the great um, things about working with uh, our sponsor, Genesis Marketing Group, is we've, you know, we've built a culture around 
flexibility, you know, the prioritization of our family life, uh, making sure that, you know, we're, we're uh, devoting time to self-care, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, there more and more companies I think are starting to wake up and realize that you can't work, you can't work your, your team like a, you know, like horses <laughs> right? or like how horses used to be treated where you, you drive them and drive them until they're, uh, they go to exhaustion. You know, it's, it's more about maintaining balance, uh, to be able to, um, I guess, increase that creativity to, you know, uh, really focus on, uh, doing the best work possible, you know, with the, with the, the time that you have. Yeah. And it's, I, I just, I, I love the style of, it's, it's just such a new way of thinking because there's a lot of companies, you know, that are stuck in that old way where it's, it's eight, nine to five and mm-hmm. you have an hour lunch break and you better be there. If you're not at nine Oh two, you're, you're fired. Or, yeah. I mean, there's, it's just such, it's not the way things work. I mean, especially mm-hmm. in this new technology age and digital age where you really can work anywhere and you can do anything. I think mm-hmm. this, the, that sign of flexibility not only shows trust in your employees, but it also it boosts morale. It lets you know that you don't have to stress out about the little things and you can focus on what matters. And right. I mean, obviously you got to have the expectation that things need to get done i mean once if things start slipping Mm -hmm. then obviously you got to change things up and do things but Mm -hmm. if you get a team and people who are getting things done and who are uh, hitting their goals and accomplishing things and driving new business i mean who cares if they come in at 9 30 like what what's the difference (laughs) it's like it's it's just such an arbitrary way of thinking that like you just have to stick to these guidelines but that's not how that's not how things work. No, it's not how it <laughs> works and it's not how it's going to work. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, I just read on an article on LinkedIn the other day, like by 2050, um, it's what going to be more than 50% of the working population the, just in the United States alone are going to be remote workers. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, and I mean, there's a large population right now. It's just at a co-working space in Newark, Ohio, which you were there yeah, last right. week. Um, you know, it, it, the the uh, the remote working, co-working kind of aspect is is becoming much bigger. I was talking with the owner and she was like, uh, we've got companies right across the street who have some employees who would rather work in our co-working space <laughs> than, you know, work in their offices. Oh and I, she was just like, it's a great fit for them because everyone is in an environment, you know, where they're, they're able to do their best work. Yeah. And as a company, a company leader too, that's something that you should be providing, uh, you know, in your culture, you need to provide the environment, the tools and the ability for, um, your team members to, to be the best them, the best leaders, the best, you know, creators, whatever role that they're in the best, uh, the best them that they can be. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you bring up that point about by 2050, I mean, everyone's going to, a lot of people are going to be remote and you have to think about, because, you know, in today's day and age, like a lot of these companies, even ours too, they, there's an expectation that you should be in maybe a few days a week, at least check into the Mm -hmm. office, you know, come to the meetings, do this stuff. But what really kind of intrigues me, because you know I'm a big technology nerd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love all this kind of stuff and things. And As am I. <laughs> with the with the advent of you know augmented reality and stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, you put on a little headset, or you get once we finally get to that realization of the contact lens that has a computer yep. in it or something, you can literally be sitting with your team, staring at them, looking at their faces, talking, having a meeting, just by sitting in your living room. I mean, that's that's really. I mean, you see that in Star Wars and all these you know holograms and things, but it's really not like a pipe dream anymore it's yeah. not it's not like a well si- did sci-fi you ever watch fantasy. the movie a hologram for the king with uh, tom hanks uh, no i don't think so oh, actually. it's so cool so the whole idea is to, in his role that tom hanks um 
he goes over to Saudi Arabia to meet with the king. Gotcha. And he works with a company that des- develops and designs augmented reality meeting kind of technology. Oh, interesting. So the king uh, wanted the ability to essentially be in the room, so to speak, with some of his um, you know decisions that he was making with people all across the world. And the whole focus was on developing essentially an augmented reality um, application where you like camera readers will be reading and scanning your body and then recreating it at whatever that location is, um, who, whoever it is you're talking with. Yeah. So you could be talking, uh, the, the King of Saudi Arabia could be talking to, you know, the president of the United States or the prime minister of Great Britain. Um, but essentially it's, they're like they're in the room. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> that is. I, as you were saying that, that's the, the movie that I thought Interesting. of that I'll I, I watched relatively recently. What is it? A hologram for the king? A hologram for the huh. king. Yeah. yeah cool. Highly recommend it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Cause it, I mean that, that, you know, the next, the next level thinking of that kind of stuff is interesting because, you know, obviously you can send an email, you can have a phone call, you can even do sometimes, you know, video chat and FaceTime, but there's mm-hmm. nothing quite like sitting across from someone and looking that's in right. their eyes, seeing their body language, seeing stuff happen. So if there's a way to, do well, that but not, remotely then I it's, mean, it's uh, like I mean, ni- 90 percent of communication happens non-verbally oh yeah for <laughs> so. sure i know it's crazy i mean it's <laughs> to be able to have that uh capability is huge oh man yeah because you you validate trust you can see authenticity you know you you have that there it's just it, without question it's needed to be able to have like a visual component yeah so. yeah it'll be it'll be interesting but anyway, Adam, what does this have to do with Halloween? It does. Just, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, what, that's what we do at Grow Like a Pro. We, like, go down a road and we just see where it takes us. <laughs> Those are some good conversations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we're at 24 minutes. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that, that's what happens. We got all this, all this, all all these thoughts and things, and sometimes they just Well, I think getting to closing, Adam, you know, why don't we briefly talk about um, what we know of the history of Halloween or maybe even trick-or-treating. You know, what, like some of the things that come to mind when I think about Halloween is um, going trick-or-treating um, and then like, you know, carving out pumpkins to do the jack-o'-lanterns. So yeah. what, what, what do you, what can you tell me and some of the audience, uh, <laughs> well, the audience listeners about, uh, um, about trick-or-treating? How did that kind of come? Well, about? I actually learned this from, I went to school for a very long time at the University of Google about typing you know it's and what they teach you is you type into this magical device and it tells you what you have a you have a master's in search engine exactly exactly so if anyone needs any help get get in touch i'll I'll teach you the ways but it's actually interesting because you know i I was curious because we were talking kind of preparing for the show what is the history of some of our favorite things that you know we kind of take Mm -hmm. for granted and uh i kind of looked up the history of trick-or-treating and from the Smithsonian Magazine, it says, as for the trick-or-treating or guising from disguising mm-hmm. traditions beginning in the Middle Ages, children and sometimes poor adults would dress up in the aforementioned costumes and go around door-to-door during hollow mass, begging for food or money in exchange for songs and prayers, often said on behalf of the dead. This was called souling, and children were called solers. Hmm. So it's just, you know, it's, it's interesting because you, you kind of put that into context and you see, okay, why is Halloween about skeletons and about dead people and about mm-hmm. certain things like that? And you look back at the origin of it and you find out, oh, it's because they were, it was people actually going around, you know, honoring the dead or trying to, pretending to so they can make some money or food to feed their families. And it kind of gets turned into something that catches on and it just it's expanded upon. So it's, I don't yeah. know, I find it fascinating. Interesting. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> when was the last time you went trick-or-treating? Because I don't think, oh, I don't even, wow. I literally don't even remember the last time I went trick-or-treating. 
I think last week, maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd say I was probably eleven or twelve. Yeah. And you got um, too cool. I went with my grandma. Um, yeah, she she took us out because I growing up in a big family, you know, we never really trick or treating was never a big thing. We always had like um, uh, we called it harvest parties or like fall parties. Um, so my family actually at, at our church, we hosted the, um, we would host the uh, fall harvest party at our house. Oh, nice. So we would do, you know, the, um, was it for like your community or just for your family? Uh, just mostly just for the church. Oh, okay. I mean, we oh, would invite people from the community to come out too. So it was, I mean, we, we'd have like 400 people oh, wow. over at the Jeez. house. So it was, it was pretty large, but you know, we'd have the hay rides and, uh, we'd hand, pass out candy, do mopping for apples, costume contest. So yeah, it was really fun. But yeah. that that most of my Halloween, um, I guess, festivities was kind of focused around that. But yeah, in terms of the first time, uh, last time I went uh, trick or treating, I think it was with my grandma. And I think I was around 12, 11 or twelve. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the last time, but it was probably somewhere around there. But um, <laughs> I just I'll never forget one of my favorite trick or treating stories is I was huge into Power Rangers. Like that was my Growing up, I had literally every toy. I remember one time I called in to, you know, after the show, sometimes they'd have a giveaway where you call in a number to win like VHS tapes or win something mm-hmm. fun. I won one of them one time. What? And like I was on the phone and talked to them. And my dad and mom like always bring up, would bring up that story about how they've never seen a more excited person in their lives. Like my face, I almost fainted because I won like all the seasons of Power Rangers. I was like, oh my God, it's wow. a miracle. But um, one year I dressed up as the red Power Ranger and one of my friends was the black Ranger. And I'll just never forget, we started walking out of our home mm-hmm. and, you know, it was kind of cloudy, whatever. Then all of a sudden the weather just turned like literally right as we were leaving our house. And I think a tornado was coming oh, in, wow. like coming in at maybe right near us. Mm-hmm. So we were down there. My brother, I think he was a cowboy, actually, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and I'll never forget because he was, I mean, I think I was probably 10 and he must have been like seven. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we, my mom came out and was like, we got to like everybody get back inside. And I just look over and my brother's like hanging on the door, getting like blown away what? by the wind. It was like <laughs> almost off the ground. It was because the wind came in so fast. I was like, oh my God. Wow, that's, so that, that's kind of weird. It was for that crazy. Time of year too. Cause it's not, I, I don't think it's common to have like storms. Like no. Yeah. It was really time, strange. So. I mean, the storm came in so fast and it was oh, just, it was, wow. it was bizarre, but I'll never forget that seeing my little brother, like hanging on for his life on the door handle, like about to get oh. swept up by a tornado. That's Poor crazy. guy. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's uh wow. I do. It, it, I don't know. I, I do miss the, it's, it's like a fun thing. Trick or treating. I mean, it's so weird. You're just going up to random strangers houses, trusting that they're giving you candy. That's not like poison or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole community event and seeing things. And, you know, I was actually talking to my sister about this the other day. I'm like, you know, why don't more people like buy two costumes and then like go hit all the houses and then just go do it again. Mm-hmm. That's right. Get double the candy. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, it's, you're dressing up anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. If you got a mask or you got you something, got a, I mean, they some kind know. of costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's cool. Well, um, the, so the, do you know the history of the jack-o'-lantern, Adam? I do not. So, I did not learn that at University <laughs> of Google. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was just reading this on uh, history.com. So they were talking about it, but um, Jack-o'-lantern came from the idea of this guy named Stingy Jack. Okay. So it was mostly, it was popularized in, I think, uh, Ireland in Scotland. But the Stingy Jack uh, supposedly invited the devil to have a drink with him. Hmm. And, you know, his his name, Stingy Jack, he didn't want to pay for the drink. 
<laughs> so the <laughs> the devil decided to turn himself into a coin so that Jack could use that coin to buy drinks. Well, eventually Jack decided to keep the money <laughs> uh, that the, 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 uh, supposedly the devil turned into. So um, <laughs> the the devil claimed his soul, and Jack had to like haunt the uh, the world for like the rest of his life. So in order for the local people to prevent the stingy Jack guy from uh, and other uh, supposedly spirits visiting their house, they would put um, like a coal in beets and um, turnips, other kinds of uh, like fruits, vegetables like that, potatoes, um, to be able to to ward off these spirits that were uh, possibly going to visit their visit their house. Well, later on, eventually, um, <laughs> people found that pumpkins work much better to be able to put like a light or a candle in them oh, to yeah. light it up. So that's kind of where we got the uh, jack-o'-lantern from. It's a uh, you know, stingy jack leading into uh, trying to ward off the spirit. So interesting, very interesting. That's yeah, because I, you know, we uh, that's one of the things that we do for with my family. Uh, almost every year, we like to carve out the pumpkins, but. I don't think many people know the uh, the history of it. So. Yeah, that's fascinating. And have you ever like carved any pumpkins, like any fancy things? Uh, so okay, my my dad's a dentist, okay. and oh, in the local community that he's kind of involved in, all the other dentists have a ha- uh, pumpkin carving contest. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> so I would usually enter the competition uh, representing my dad's office. So like one of the best ones, and I think I got second place for this. I designed the entire pumpkin to look just like Mike Wazowski from Monsters that Inc. It's amazing. Like it was like I used um, clay to mold out from the pumpkin. It was so oh good. I you thought have pictures I, of this? I, I, somewhere. I don't have it like easily accessible on my phone or something, but the uh, You failed me, Jason. <laughs> I should have it like <laughs> top of yeah, like, really? on my Come photos on. app right there. Hey you want to see what I did so and so years ago? <laughs> Um, Dude, but Mike yeah, Wazowski, man. I, I, oh, I, I think I lost. Who? I can't remember what I lost out to, uh, but it, it had to be really good because I thought what I did was really <laughs> good. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, and then as a family, we always just carve out like um, we'd go, you know, at Kroger or Walmart, we get the um, the sheets of uh, paper that you can attach to the pumpkin to kind of carve it out. Yeah. So we do that, and then we also do, like, free-handed, you know, just kind of carving it out without any, uh, I guess, stencil kind of thing. So Gotcha. Pretty fancy. Yeah. You should, like, gather up all your old images and post them. That'd be cool <laughs> to see the, the legacy of Jason Flagg. Well, I was looking on my Facebook page going back to the oldest photo that I have. And yeah. it's like... It was at a swim meet or something when I was still competing. It was pretty funny. So, oh my god, I know. it's always funny to look back at that stuff. I look I back, it. I'm like, oh, that little guy was so full of himself. <laughs> <laughs> that little jerk. Come on. Oh my god. Oh, to be able to go back in time and talk to yourself, <laughs> give that yourself advice. <laughs> Why hasn't that been invented yet? What the heck? Yeah. Uh, um, now, see, that's another topic because I love talking about time travel. Oh yeah. Um, going so going to the future. Time travel into the future is relatively easy. Um, catch what I did there with relatively. <laughs> relatively, I got it. <laughs> uh, but going into the past is much harder. So, and, you know, I'm sure we can have a conversation. Yeah, I'd be intrigued. I'd be intrigued. Stay tuned, listen. But, you know, theory of relativity, it's, um, it's much easier. Um, the closer that you get to the speed of light, time slows down. Right. Just the way that the... Uh, 
I guess the fabric of our space time in the universe is composed. It's so. Crazy universe, man. But anyway, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that, no, I, I would love to have a conversation about that because that stuff is very fascinating. But um, Adam, you know, we're getting close to the uh, the end of our conversation here. So, um, how do you, as a as the mummies say, how do you want to wrap this up? <laughs> oh my god, that was well done, sir. Well done. Well, I was going to say that my 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 mom was a huge. She every holiday she always you know, did the whole house up and did everything. And it's, I always have such fond memories of the holidays because of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget one year. We, I, the only time that I really carved a pumpkin myself was I carved one of Wally. Oh yeah. And yeah. it was, it was, I was very impressed. I did not see, think I it was going to turn out well. That. I do cool. have that actually. So I can't yeah, show you that. that, but it was uh, one of those things. I mean, this actually happens to me sometimes when I'm either cooking or baking or something mm-hmm. where you're making it and you're like, there's no way this is going to turn out well. Are you like doubting yourself? <laughs> and then I like put the candle in and set outside. And I was like, whoa, that looks yeah, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, well, I can't remember who said it. Either Michelangelo uh, or Leonardo da Vinci. They were asking, you know, when he did, uh, uh, I think it was Mike, Michelangelo did the statue of David, didn't he? I think. Uh, but, you know, they were asking him, um, how in the world do you do these kind of sculptures? And he said, the sculpture's already there. I only have to break it out of the, you know, the oh, yeah. marble or whatever stone he's using yeah, to right. kind of get it there. So um, I thought of that when he just said that, like, you know, how is this going to turn out? Well, all you have to do is kind of focus on getting <laughs> just it Just know it's in there and then yeah. take it, bring it out. Yeah, that's right. It's a good way to look at things, actually, I think. Um, What's the expected outcome and how do you, uh, all you have to do is focus on getting from here to there. Yeah, there you go. Well, but I think the good way to wrap it up before we end, I think, I don't think it'd be, we were talking about all these origin stories. I think we should actually talk about the origin of Halloween for just real quick one sure. second. So it's actually interesting. It says that um, it actually dates back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain mm-hmm. and the Celts who lived 2000 years ago. Or Samhain, I think. Is the or Samhain, yeah, Samhain, actually. Sorry, I think it is Samhain. Um, it looked like it yeah, marked the end of the summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter a time of year that was often associated with human death. Mm. The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, and it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. Yeah, it's just so funny how a lot of these big festivals, you kind of lose sight of what it actually means, but mm-hmm. you keep some of the, you know, the origin and well, the history of, of it. I just, it's, like, it's fascinating to really dig into the, the history of it's it. It's almost like uh, pagan oh yeah worship for sure. traditions become mixed with like our fun things yeah oh without a do, doubt so. no, I know. It's, uh, it's really interesting it is very interesting it's, uh, <laughs> another topic for another day if i well, wait until we st- well, wait until we talk about our um we record our christmas episode oh my god <laughs> oh yeah can't wait so excited oh man well I, yeah i think that's uh that'll probably wrap up our little halloween yeah slash tangential crunch work zone episode of grow like a pro but like i said we we love doing these kind of one-off episodes or just different things as things come up just to you know just you know spice it up a little bit or do some other fun things that Mm -hmm. keeps everything fresh and we'd love to hear from you guys we'd love you to be a part of the show send us topics send us ideas send us one-off ideas we would love to you know do stuff focused on ideas of our community because i think it'd be a lot of fun to see what kind of crazy things they'll have us talking about for and something else too is if you guys are interested in having adam and i at a live event that you want to do we can always do a live podcast that's true we can so uh we're getting all the equipment getting everything ready 
For sure. So that's awesome. something else to, to think about too. Instead of just listening <laughs> when you subscribe to <laughs> yeah, our right? podcast, we can be live and in person. We could so. do it, man. History like in the making. Kids, History in the recording. We could do like kids' birthday parties or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, kids. And welcome to Michael's third birthday. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, yeah, but if you, if you do want to be a part of the show or like I said, have any thoughts, questions, comments, whatever, feel free to send a message to hello at grow like a pro show.com. Once again, that's hello at grow like a pro show. And you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Bankhurst and you can follow Jason at JJ Flagel. Flagel like a bagel. Flagel like a bagel. And (laughs) once again, Grow Like a Pro is a weekly show. We launch every Thursday at 6 a.m. And we talk about, you know, all the tips and the tools and things necessary to make your dreams come true and help you find success and learn how to take an idea to, you know, something greater and learn from stories and successes and even failures of people who have been through it all, who have done have seen the top of the mountain, have seen the bottom of the valley and mm-hmm. are really trying to impart some knowledge and wisdom and help the future. So we're just trying to make something really cool here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, any final thoughts, Jason, or are we should we set this off and go to our pizza party I think we have going on? Yeah, pizza party, costume contest. Let's do it. <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> Thanks, guys. John Marston, have a great one. I'm uh, Harry Potter, Adam Bankers. Elvis Dumbledore thing, whatever. Harry Bankers. <laughs> Harry Bankers. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Harry Bankers signing off. Guys, have a great one, and we will see you next week.